So what is it about this night that makes it so, uh, so captivating? You know, I, I know this may seem, uh, at first anyway, like a question with some obvious answers, but have you ever, have you ever pondered uh, what it is about Christmas Eve that so captures our imaginations? Now, there's, there's one big thing, of course. There are a fair number of kids here tonight. Um, let me just ask, kids, uh, who do you think of most on this day? I mean, aside from baby Jesus, baby Jesus is number one, but number two, after baby Jesus, uh, is there somebody that's on your mind on Christmas Eve? Starts with an S, ends with Anta. Yeah, maybe this guy. <laughs> right, yeah, Santa's amazing. So when we're, you know, when we're kids, we get really excited about um, Christmas Eve, dreaming uh, about what we're gonna find under the tree on Christmas morning. It, listen, it is one of the glories of childhood, if you ask me, and I'm talking about all of it, the stockings, the candy, uh, the gifts from Santa, the gifts from family and friends, a full day of playing with new toys and eating great food and visiting family from a, from a very early age. We are just uh, wired for excitement and anticipation on Christmas Eve. And then, as adults, when we have our own kids, uh, or grandkids, or nieces and nephews, or any other children in our lives, I personally believe that that sense of excitement and anticipation about Christmas gets, gets even better, because we adults uh, get to be observers of that Christmas magic for the children in our lives. It's a, it's a blessing to be a blessing for our kids. And so I, I obviously uh, understand that aspect of it, the whole Christmas morning scene that's amazing. But as wonderful as that is, there's, there's way more to this night than just the anticipation of what comes tomorrow. So what is it about this night that makes it so captivating? What is it about Christmas Eve that so captures our imaginations? Well, surely uh, it's got something to do with all the fuss we make about it in our culture. You know, we spend the last couple of months of the year building up to this night. Decorations start showing up in early November in some places. They're on sale <laughs> a long time before that. Christmas music starts playing on some stations beginning November 1st. The commercials on TV with that Christmas vibe, uh, which I love, start showing up right after Halloween now, some of our neighbor's yards, you know, are a bit over the top. I'm not, I'm not sure I'd want to live next door to that. But it's because Christmas in general is this uh, ubiquitous cultural event that gets, it gets co-opted by way more people than just the ones who love Jesus. It's all Christmas, all the time, for a long time at the end of the year. And if you have known me for five minutes, you know I'm a Christmas fanatic, so I don't mind this. I don't mind a culture immersed in all things Christmas. I mean, you know, who knows how the Holy Spirit might use that airtime all over the place to introduce new people to Christ, right? But even though uh, our culture immerses us in, in Christmas, there's way more to this night than that. Uh, as far as our families go, there's often so much tradition wrapped up in the experience of Christmas, so many expectations, and let's just be honest, some of those are easier to manage than others. Hopefully, your memories of this time of year are full of warmth and, and wonder. Maybe you try hard to, to carry on cherished traditions that have been handed down from one generation to the next. Maybe uh, there are traditional gatherings with your family and friends that are central to your celebrations this time of year. 
<laughs> or maybe you have difficult memories of family experiences from this time of year. The Griswold kids had to have had feelings about Christmas when they grew up. Uh, maybe Christmas reminds you of, of dysfunction and hardship in your past. Maybe you, um, maybe you work hard to start new traditions or to do things differently if your past was hurtful or difficult. Either way, whether your past was wonderful or hard, you wouldn't put so much effort into Christmas if it wasn't such a big deal. So what is it about this night that makes it so captivating? What, what is it about Christmas Eve that so captures our imaginations, it's surely more than the presence or the culture or the family history. And again, I have no quarrel with any of that. I love it all. We'll come back to, to those questions shortly. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and read at least the first part of the story that we all gathered here to listen to tonight. This is the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 to 7 right now, and we'll come back and read the rest later. Listen, friends, for the Word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the evangelist Luke. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So by the time Christ was born, um, God's people had been waiting for a Messiah for centuries. Um, Israel had been subjected to one foreign empire after another from a little after the middle of the eighth century on. And eventually there came to be this expectation that God would send an anointed one, uh, which is what the word Messiah means. Our faith ancestors believed that God would send an earthly ruler who would uh, overthrow foreign enemies and uh, reestablish the kingdom of God's people. The story of Jesus' birth, though, his, his humble beginnings that we read about every Christmas Eve uh, upended this expectation. Presumably, uh, an anointed one from God would have been born in the halls of power, not in some uh, backwater suburb of Jerusalem, to anonymous poor parents from Nazareth, which meant that the story of the Messiah's birth was an expectation uh, overturning, world-changing event to be sure. It was also a surprising one because God showed up in a way that nobody anticipated uh, to capture each of our hearts one by one. Got another question for you. Have you ever noticed that the stories of this season all have really this common uh, underlying theme. You know, whether it's uh, Christmas movies or Christmas books or, or Christmas TV specials, the main characters all seem to have this unfulfilled need. They're all seeking something that they haven't found. Surely you've, you've noticed this. 
If you think of your favorite Christmas story, I bet this is true because the story of humanity is our searching to meet our spiritual and emotional needs. And I'm talking about you know, serious movies like uh, my favorite movie of all time, It's a Wonderful Life. George Bailey is at the point where he feels like his life is too small for the dreams, the big dreams that he had had growing up. He's in despair on Christmas Eve one year, thinking that he's not doing anyone any good and that it would be better if, he had never, if he'd never been born. He needs hope, he needs assurance. And I say this is a serious movie, it begins with a prayer and, and ends with his guardian angel solving the crisis. But not all, not all Christmas movies are that serious, of course. Um, in Elf, <laughs> Buddy is facing an identity crisis. You know, he's not an actual elf, and so the North Pole can't be home. Uh, but when he tracks down his dad in New York, he's confronted with the idea that maybe the human world is not home for him either. He needs uh, belonging, and he needs acceptance. In the animated genre, the Polar Express is about a boy who's having a crisis of faith. Skepticism has taken up residence in his heart and soul, and he's, he's struggling to enjoy the greatest holiday of them all. He's struggling uh, with what he believes, and according to the conductor of the Polar Express, this is his crucial year. He needs, he needs faith, he needs trust, he needs belief. Now, I'm not at all familiar with this particular genre of Christmas movie, the Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> I know many of you are, that's fantastic. I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that the unfulfilled need in every one of these movies is love. Am I right about that? Does that sound right? <laughs> it's the same in uh, TV specials, including a couple of classic ones that most of us know. Um, Charlie Brown, this poor guy, he's got a long list of unfulfilled needs, right? He needs belonging, he needs acceptance, he needs kindness, he needs um, Lucy to stop pulling that football out from underneath him. He needs, <laughs> he needs love. And then old Rudolph, well, he just wants to be like the other reindeer. He wants to belong, he wants to be part of Santa's team, but like Buddy the elf and Charlie Brown, he faces rejection because he's, he's different. And so he needs affirmation and he needs support. He needs people in his life who, who don't judge him for being different. And surely the most famous Christmas story of all time, and I'm serious, with the sole exception of the story from the Gospel of Luke that we're reading tonight, is Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's been adapted over and over again in an incredible variety of ways, spirited. If you've not watched it yet, you should see it on Apple TV. It's PG-13, just FYI, there's some stuff in there. Um, but Scrooge's entire life is a lesson in the need that all of us have to be kind and loving and unselfish people. I mean, it's actually pretty, pretty astonishing that in an increasingly secular world, in a world where uh, kind of the culture more and more devalues the importance of religion, even the, the secular stories that we tell about this beloved holiday reveal the fundamental spiritual truth of Christ's birth. That, that God entered into the world as an innocent baby, born to poor parents at the far edge of an empire that did not believe, all in order to meet our deepest spiritual needs. 
All right, let's finish the reading. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. At the time of Christ, God's people would surely have expected that the arrival of the Messiah would be made known first to religious scholars or religious leaders or political leaders. But Luke tells us that the the first to hear the news were the shepherds in the fields, which means everyday people, (laughs) normal people, typical people with the usual wants and needs and struggles and shortcomings that are common to us all. To you is born this day a savior, the angel said which means to us is born this day, a savior. That's why this night is so captivating. That's why Christmas Eve so captures our imaginations. It's not about the presents, although the presents are great. It's not about the culture, although I love being reminded of Christmas for two months in a row. It's not about the family traditions, whether yours are healthier, tough. There's nothing wrong with any of that extra stuff, of course. But what makes the soul feel its worth, (laughs) in the words of the anthem that the choir is going to sing shortly, is that our souls know, even when we don't realize it, the truth of this night. The birth of Christ was the answer that God gave to meet humanity's unfulfilled needs. The needs that we, oh gosh, all too often waste our time trying to fill elsewhere. I'm talking about our need for unconditional love and our need for acceptance and our need for belonging and our need for purpose and our need for meaning and our need to live good lives that bring good to others. St. Augustine was one of the most brilliant theologians in the history of the church, but he did not start out that way. (laughs) Having squandered years on the things in this world that do not fulfill, his conversion to Christianity transformed his life. And with the wisdom of that experience, he said something that I just love. He said, our hearts are restless, God, until they rest in you. Christmas Eve 
is the day that became possible. I was raised in the church, um, but in another denomination. As far as I can remember, every Christmas of my life I've been in worship, but my spiritual path was not a direct line from birth to pastor. (laughs) In my 20s, I wandered for a while, unsure of what I truly believed, unsure that I truly belonged anywhere. At that point, unaware or uh, maybe just unconvinced of the whole notion of the unconditional love of God. I had a a rough patch there for a while. But then I met my wife, Whitney, and she and I uh, found the United Methodist Church and I relearned the story of God and by the grace of God, my path has led me here. And now, as a husband and a father and a pastor, there is no night of the year that I cherish more than this one. And that's because for all of my 53 years, across mountains and through valleys, in my childhood and in my youth, in my young adulthood, and now in my middle-aged years, through my uncertainty and my restlessness when I was unsure and unconvinced in my toughest and now in my most blessed times. There has always been something about this particular night, something that I think we all feel more than understand. Through it all, coming to to church on Christmas Eve um, has been like coming home. (laughs) Coming home to the God who never gives up on any of us, coming home to the God who loves us enough to have been born as an innocent baby at the far edge of the world to parents with no status or influence or wealth, the news first announced to regular people, (laughs) people like you and me. To you is born this day a savior. Wherever you are, wherever you've been, Whatever you've done or not done, Christ our Lord invites invites you personally, individually, to your true spiritual home, which is in him. And that, friends, is what makes this night so captivating. That, I believe, is what captures our imaginations and our hearts and our souls most about this blessed and holy and life-giving night. So if you've been faithful to Jesus your whole life, may tonight be a comforting reminder of what you've always known. If you're new to the faith or you're new to the church, may tonight be an affirmation of the beginning of your journey. If you're skeptical, uh, and believe me, I was there once too, may the wonder of this night be an invitation to reconsider your skepticism. And if you don't believe yet, may tonight be the gentle knock on the door that you didn't realize you were waiting for. Because he was born this night for us all, inviting us to come on home. I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day a Savior.
Amen.